She came Did over you guys and... make out? No. Did you hold hands? No. Did you do one of your massages? No. It's a platonic I massage. <laughs> and all of a sudden, meow. <laughs> Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the hijinks. I've got a trig midterm tomorrow, and I'm being chased by Guido, the killer pimp. The opportunities. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. And the wisdom. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today, our interview with Death Leopard's Joe Elliott. With me as always, because I can contain his hysteria no longer... Times pop music critic Sean Daly. Oh, I am so bumped. Really, look at me. I'm kidding. I'm, twir- I'm twirling my nips. These are goosebumps. These are goosebumps. I want to say right now, yeah. the interview you're about to hear with Joe Elliott of Def Leppard, uh, top three in Stuck in the 80s history. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to bump Brian Johnson out of the top spot, but we came out of this interview, the one you're about to hear. It's so incredibly good. <laughs> and Joe Elliott is, is, is my new hero. I mean, we were like, we were, we were belly bucking like a couple of, you know, harbor seals. We were going crazy. I love it. Okay. Insane. Insane. Crazy. We're back. We're back, baby. And he touches, Joe touches on every, everything. If you're a Def Leppard fan, even if you're just a casual fan, you're going to love this. He's talking about uh, the debauchery of the old days. He's talking about Mutt Lang. He's talking about the VH1 movie. He's talking about Taylor Swift and Pour Some Sugar on Me. And that story's hilarious. I know. I, I had to turn I had to turn off the microphone in the studio because I started laughing so hard. Oh yeah, it's great. It was it was sad. And he's so he's brilliant. I mean, he's obviously an incredibly nice man and generous with his time. So yeah, we're like a couple of. This fan is a boys. score though for us. I mean, De- Joe Elliott. Yeah. Now, Def Leppard is touring the country this summer with Poison and Cheap Trick, our hometown heroes. Yes. Because we claim them as our own because of Robin Zander living right down the street from us. But. Um, Check the official website, DefLeopard.com, and look for a date near you. They will be here in Tampa playing the Ford Amphitheater on Friday, August 14th. Nothing like an August date. Oh, yeah, at, Outdoors in Florida, gonna, man. You might as well not even wear a shirt. Pour some, like, thunderstorms <laughs> on me. Yeah, I, I never wear a shirt to concerts. That's why uh, I'm still single. But I don't, I, I don't want to delay this any longer. I mean, we've, we've, we've pimped it enough. Should we let the people listen to go. Joe? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Joe Elliott. Here we go. Right. 
Joe Elliott. Yeah, hey, this is Sean Daly. I'm the music critic at the St. Pete Times. How are you, my friend? I'm fine. How are you? I love, well, I'm jacked now. I'm talking to the king. Hey, I'm sitting <laughs> here with us. Uh, well, that, I tell you, you, you put the word critic on the end of your uh, credit there, and I was thinking, uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> no way. No, I'm like a populist. I'm a man of the people. I'm that kind of critic. Hey, Joe. Uh, I like it. That sounds good. Hey, Joe, really quick, I got the, the other king of the 80s uh, sitting with me, this guy, Steve Spears. He's an entertainment writer and editor at the St. Pete Times, too. How you doing, Joe? I'm good. Hey, uh, Joe, so you, Poison, Cheap Trick, are coming to Ford Amphitheater in Tampa on August 14th. Yeah, a week, on fr- a week today. Yeah, yeah that's two right. Weeks today. That's right. No, yeah, week today. Week today. Listen to me. Entertainment, Entertainment Weekly just called it the show to see this summer. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was nice. Somebody forwarded me an email of that a couple of weeks back. Um, that's just impressive. We've done our best to... Um, for these last five years or so that we've been out to try and make this like an eventful tour, you know, whenever we've gone out, we've we've uh, we've we've gone the extra mile to try and get acts on the bill with us. That um, bill with us, nice joke. Um, <laughs> to try and, and and turn it into an evening um, that that would be hard to forget. You know, we we've been through that period. Old bands have been through that period where you take out an opening act and nobody's ever heard of them, and they're kind of everybody's sitting twitching in their seats if they're not. St- sat in the beer tent, you know, and, um, you know, between Brian Adams four years ago and Journey in 2006 and Stick Scenario in 2007, and last year we had um, anybody from uh, REO Sticks, Foreigner, Billy Idol, Joan Jett out with us. It just means when people come in and take their seat, they're kind of going to know most of the songs that they hear all night. Right, and they want to, And I think that in this day and age, the way that the new music's dying and live music's taking off... The most important ingredient in this situation is familiarity, you know. So we don't want to overstay our welcome by trying to play the entire new album for you, hey, and and just trying to you know mix and match it a little bit, play some stuff off the new record because if we don't, we'll die. Right. And uh, and if we don't play any at all, it puts us into a nostalgia kind of mode, and we don't want to go there, you know. So. It's 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 a balancing act, but um, I think this way is the way to go because it's selling tickets, and people are coming, and people are coming in early, and people are staying till the end, right. and they're getting great value for money for a good three hours. You know, are you battling uh, Brett Michaels about who closes these shows? Who's the head? No, 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 absolutely not. It's 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 a Def Leppard tour. You know, yes, these, uh, I love it. Poison being our special guests, and Cheap Trick being our you know other special guests, if you like. Well, we love Cheap Trick here because Robin is from Safety Harbor, Florida. That's right. Robin Sanders, our boy, Um, so he's king here. He is king, you know, and and I tell you, he's been singing his ass off on this tour. I mean, it's just a a joy every night to hear him, you know. Um, He may well admit himself, singing 40 minutes a night does your voice a hell of a lot more good than singing two hours. But... um, you know, he's they're putting a great set on. They change their set every night, so it's it's for us, if nothing else. It's like, oh, cool, listen, they're playing Day Tripper or whatever. You know, um, he's he's just, he's like my favorite singer. Um, I love those guys. You know, and, a lot of people uh, I'm, say that. I'm looking forward to this Sergeant Pepper thing that they're going to be doing in Vegas. That should be fun. It's unbelievable. They did that here uh, in Clearwater, and you know, Robin's always had that Lennon thing about him, his vocal, but. People were just blown away by, I mean, you know, she's leaving home and Robin's hitting these notes that were just amazing. Yeah. I think he's actually a good, he's like, he's literally like a combination. If you, like, if you took Lennon and McCartney and dropped them into a, a boiling vat of oil, Ouch. you'd pull Robin Zander out. <laughs> I love I think that. He, I think he's a bit of both. I, I hear the McCartney as well. 
All right, let's get back to the genius of Joe Elliott here. All right, so uh, as well as the concert, you guys just had two big reissues come out. You had uh, Pyromania and Adrenalize. Yeah. Uh, and they're beautiful. I, I wrote about them both here. They're these beautiful, a double disc. There's live stuff on there, bonus tracks. You go back to Pyro, of course, and that was you and Mutt Lang. And when you listen to this again, and I'm sure you get this question five billion times a day, but there really was an incredibly special relationship between you and Mutt. And I just want to know what, what made him such a great uh, workmate with you guys and a great producer. Well, we were, we were fans of his work before we worked with him. So it was a case of, like, um, for us more than him, we wanted this. With more, it was like, I'm not sure I want to be working with a band that's so young that don't have any experience under the belt. But when we kind of convinced him via ourselves and um, his relationship that he had with our uh, then-manager, because um, they were looking after ACDC at the time, and he'd done Highway to Hell and, and, and whatever. And, and, and let's not forget, it's a little-known fact that we actually tried to get more for our first album, but knowing full well he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't get on board. He hadn't have heard the demos, and Mutt is, is pr- pretty picky about who he works with. But then he came to an ACDC concert, and we were the opening act, and the manager kind of dragged him onto the side of the stage to watch us for 20, 30 minutes, and Mutt was actually quite impressed with what he saw. Um, and he was saying, yeah, they do have something. He says, they need a bit of work, but they've got something. And because when our next album, you know, we went off, finished that tour, and when he came to put the next record together, Mutt was by now interested in working with us, having seen us and listened to that album and thought, what can I do? We were like just young kids. We were like rock and roll students who were much more willing to listen to him than most seasoned musicians would be. When you work with a band like Foreigner, all due respect to them, when they worked with Mutt on the fourth album, they'd had triple platinum sales with things like Ed Games and, and Double Vision in the first album. So they kind of thought, and maybe knew, actually did know, that they knew how to make records. So when this guy comes along and starts saying, no, you need to do that again because it's not good enough, I dare say they were much more likely to turn around to him and go, well, what, you know, who the hell are you to tell me how to play my, right. my right. instrument? Yeah. Whereas with us, when Mutt made suggestions, we were like, yeah, you know, I hear it because if he's suggesting something that makes me be better than I am, then I need to be listening to this guy. So it was kind of like going back to musical rock, you know, high school, if you like. Um, as much as we were making records, and, and little did we know making history, um, we, were, we were more than prepared to actually work with him in the sense of suggestions and stuff. So it wasn't like we were not making any ourselves or we were just puppets to him or anything like that. But when he, we would use him as the ultimate referee on a decision rather than beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> Great. Um, because he'd had the success that we hadn't had. So we, he was always going to be bringing more to the table on the first time we worked with him, which was high and dry in 81. By the time we got to working with him in, in 83, he said to us, look, we can go out and make another iron dry, or we can go and try and make a record that nobody else has ever made before, to which the five of us be looking at each other with big wide eyes going, yeah, that sounds way more than an option. <laughs> you know, so it's like, and how do you see that happening? And he says, well, we're going to go down a lot of dead end roads and come back up them again, but we'll get there in the end. And it just sounded like an adventure to me. It's like, this sounds like doing Sergeant Pepper or something where you don't really know what you're going to get at the other end, but it should be a hell of a trip taken, you know. Yeah. And that, that was what it was like working with him. You know, we did all sorts of experimental stuff with sounds and samples. The back in 1982, when we made that record, nobody in rock was doing. So we knew that we had at least 
you know, one foot further than most people because we were the ones that were prepared to go there and not just set the gear up and play live in the studio and then overdub some vocals and stuff. We actually were trying to create a record more the way that Queen did in their early part of their careers. Hey, Joe, back in 2001, uh, VH1 made a movie about you know, the early days of Def Leppard called, I think it was called Hysteria. I was, I just wondered, did you see the movie and what did you think of it? Yeah, I saw the movie because I played the unofficial script doctor to the film. Um, you know, they were trying to piece this thing together. It was obviously medium-sized budget at best. And they were rushing the script and they were trying to cut corners that I said, look, guys, you can't do this. If you do this, our fans will never talk to us again they'll not come and see us they were they were doing their best but at the same time they were doing what hollywood does which is like ah, well nobody will notice if we do this and like look you can't put phil collin in the band in 1981 because he wasn't in the band in 1981 and they were trying to squeeze him in on the iron dry too i'm like look he wasn't there Hollywood. that's like putting john lennon in the rolling stones it just didn't happen so I had to, please, this needs rewriting and, you know, just tidying a few things up. And there were a few other bits that went through that were just done on the spot after I'd last seen the script, which were wrong. But they were okay. They were what you might call artistic license. The, 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 great, um, the great scene of me talking to me mom and dad about loaning us the money to make a record with the dog licking my dad's face, however, we didn't have a dog. <laughs> You know, but um, and my dad, as there. he said when he saw the film, he says, and I've got more air than that, too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, things like that, they don't really worry me too much. As, as I've always said in comparison, if you took three real astronauts and got them to watch Apollo 13, they'd all be like going, what the hell is that supposed to be? Some switch on the dashboard of the, you know, of the spaceship, uh, of the rocket, rather. Um, they'd be like going, it's not like that in reality. Me and you don't care. It's just representative of what it could look like, you know. So there's, there's, they, what they did get right was the the fact that it was very much in the spirit of Rick's accident and and what he went through and the and the fantastic recovery that he made. Um, the one bit that I thought was just slightly overdone, if you like, was they made Steve look really miserable all the time, and he wasn't like that. He was he was like that on occasions. But most of the time, even when he was going through hell, Steve had a smile on his face, yeah. and he wasn't really he wasn't he wasn't um, painted that way in the picture so much. Are but he was, you know, hey, look, at the time they made a movie about us. You know, it's like they haven't even made one about the Beatles or the Stones yet. So we were flattered more than anything that, that we'd been chosen as subject matter. But you know, it was it wasn't about the music. It was more about the human spirit that lives within this band, uh, the stuff that we've been through. And now we've come out the other end. Right. And the great hedonism of Def Leppard. Come on, you guys ah, lived it up. That's all exaggerated. I mean, you know, look, you know, I've never slept with more than three or four hundred hookers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to ask you about that. You met your wife and she was working wardrobe for Def Leppard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, she why would she as, ever um, marry you? Kind of a, a replacement for our original wardrobe girl who had to go off and do some domestic stuff. I don't know what it was. And she came in for three or four days and... Uh, then she went away again, and then she came back about six months later and took over for good. Um, little did I know what was that was going to lead to, but um, 
As the, you say, doctors marry nurses. All it's the, all about location. All the debauchery she saw, and she still oh, she marries didn't see you, any Joanne. By that time, we, 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 that that long over. All right, <laughs> one more question. The debauchery was in uh, 1983 for about two and a half weeks, and then it got boring. One more question. I got to ask. People are still talking about the heat. The heat you generated with Taylor Swift mm. uh, on Crossroads and on the CMT. A little uh, saucy there, Joe Elliott. What is she? Fifteen years old. She's 18 or 19, I think, now, um, and I was only 49 at the time. Uh, you know, I did, we, we did discuss this in rehearsals. I said to her, I said, look, you know, this is going to be a little weird on certain songs, um, especially on things like I'm Hot Sticky Sweet from My Head to My Feet When I'm Doing Sugar. It's like, I'm not going to make eye contact. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do this like when Bono guested about. I mean, you remember a video in the mid '80s when Bono sang a duet with a girl called Moira Brennan from Planad. They never looked at each other once all the way through the video. I said, "That's the stance that we're going to take on those lines, and we'll look at each other when there's a guitar solo on or something." You know, I didn't want to come across as some kind of perv. You know, right? Well, she's going crazy too. I mean, but even she's a, she's such a sweetheart. You know, I mean, she's. We were actually very protective of her. We'd have been, like, surrounding her if anybody had been trying to get close to her. We, we became, like, you know, super dad. for, well, all her life, you know, because her mom and dad were fans and stuff, and the opportunity of working with her was just too good an opportunity to pass up, because we don't get the chance to do this very often. For us, most of the time, it's just like touring and recording and touring and recording, and to just step aside for a little while and just do something a little different, and and then come back into our real lives, it, was, it just charges up your batteries. It's, it was really a cool thing to do. There you go. Wow. Seriously. God, he's awesome. He's my new best friend. That was, that was because Joe Elliott, Steve Spears. I'm oh. sorry. You got bumped out of the top spot. He wouldn't go to Thai food with you, though. And <laughs> no, I would. He wouldn't. Do you I see Joe and you? sweat as I eat my Sexy pad Susie. <laughs> Nobody knows what the sexy Susie is yet, do they? He's a great guy. The, uh, you just felt like from the very beginning we could ask him anything. Yeah. You know, so I want to ask him about his wife. And the Taylor Swift answer is so incredibly funny. Because he admits that it would have been pervy. And if you watch that video, it's on YouTube, it's everywhere. Maybe I'll post it on, uh, or maybe we'll post it on Stuck in the 80s. The video of them singing Pour Some Sugar on Me, it's kind of uncomfortable because she's just like Lolita. Taylor Swift is oh, yeah. just writhing and headbanging. She's in this like mini dress, you know. And Joe Elliott, he isn't making eye contact, you know. He's like, oh man, this is, you know. It's bad. This is a little like, yeah. I got to admit, because I'm stuck in the 80s, I mean, Taylor Swift is like sort of off my radar. Sure. But the other day I was watching some something on VH1 or something, and one of her videos comes on where she's a band member, and there's a football game yeah, going put, on. Yeah, I put that yeah. on my blog. So I'm getting all misty-eyed because, you know, high school football season is about to start here. and my Friday... She loves that guy. It's all about unrequited love. It's like the Steve Spears story. Yeah. She's your dream girl. Forget about realize. Debbie Foreman. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Exactly. That's even pervier than Taylor Swift and Joe Elliott. You know what's even pervier than the two of them together? What? A little thing we like to call the Seggies. Seggies! 
please. Ah, the mystical refrain that is Reader Mailbag. And uh, the Reader Mailbag is getting back to normal around here. The usual kind of people who write in trying to antagonize Sean with the with their hopes being that they say nasty enough stuff about you that you they'll read that you will read their email on there are there. two ways yeah that people think they get their their letter read by mocking me op- you know openly right. like finland or like uh the country of finland or um defending you defending me starting a letter with sean however this week's this week's letter is uh it's just a good solid letter you know no trickery uh this is from uh top jimmy from Sonoma County, California, and uh, Top Jimmy um, brings up an old, you know, kind of a painful subject for you, but also how it relates to his own life. Okay. You know? Uh, so he starts out with Spearsy, which I'm not that hurt by. A little bit. A little dinged up. My arm is a little dinged. But Spearsy, I've wanted to write you ever since VGF gave you her pen. Ah, say anything line. Yeah, it's nice. I like that. Let's just stop real quick. You okay. seem to be fine. You have you have gotten over VGF. It was a hard period in your life, but you're back, baby. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. You're dating like eighteen women a night. Eh, I need a on the eighteen nay women thing. <laughs> that's that's no, no. You're doing pretty uh, sure it's only fifteen. Nah, you crazy bastard. No, but you seem to be heal. You know, you're healing. You've uh, officially healed completely. Yep. Scar's gone. Moved That's on. Great. Good for you. You still get a lot of letters about VGF and the breakup show? Uh, people still love the show. And it, they, I think some people think we kind of literally recorded it yesterday. But no, it's been like two months. You know, I got to be honest. And I don't think I've ever talked about this before. When we did the breakup show, yeah. um, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure that we should do that. Really? Yeah. This is the first time hearing this. Yeah, I wasn't sure we should do that for a lot of reasons. Okay. One, kind of protective of you. Okay. Uh, you know, my role on the show is kind of to be, you know, a comedic genius, and that was a hard show to get the the chuckles in, you know? <laughs> and so also, I kind of had to be your friend, but you're a lot more forthcoming on the show than I am. I kind of play a bit of a part, you know? But uh, the letters that come in, you actually helped a lot of people, you know? And so I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we did it. It was it's it it was great for me, and I thank everybody who wrote in. But I really am appreciating now how it's helped other people, and it's helped me get a lot of um, chicks <laughs> because uh, they think now that I'm sensitive. Of course, I'm not. No, but uh, that's a joke for her fiance. No <laughs> chicks. I love you, baby. And my 18 kids. Anyway, let's get back to Top Jimmy's letter. Uh, hearing your story of the VGF reminded me of my own similar situation. I, too, fell for a girl long distance. She was from Chicago. But I live in Northern California, and therein lied the problem. I was living the Don't Stop Believin' song by Journey for about a year, except I was the small-town boy, and she was the city girl. Long story short, a few Cubs games, a couple drunken makeout sessions in the back of strange taxis, and one cold, harsh winter later, it was all over. Two good things did happen as a result, however. I racked up a lot of frequent flyer miles... <laughs> Uh, and I got to see Lower Wacker Drive and the Honorable Richard J. Daly Plaza. Why do I care about Lower Wacker Drive and the Honorable Richard J. Daly Plaza, you ask? Become, because I'm a Blues Brothers fanatic. I couldn't find Ray's Music Exchange or Bob's Country Bunker, however. Nice. Now, I know you and Sean get lots of ideas for show topics, but I think this one may have some merit. The Great Bromances of the 80s. Now, didn't you do a blog entry on this? I don't... Maybe. This is good. I like this idea. Where's he going with it? Yeah. 
I'm talking about the movies where there's at least some mention of a love interest, but the prevailing spirit of the movie is about the bros. Mm. For example, the Blues Brothers, Fandango. Now, I love Fandango. Is that 80s? Yeah. Early Kevin 80s. Costner? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. That was early. We never talk about that. Love that one. We never I, talk about it. That's a great it. movie. Uh, the Three Amigos, Running Scared. We love Running Scared. Do your, sing some Michael McDonald. Shine sweet speezy, shine the light on me. That's for you, Timo. <laughs> yeah, Timo. Uh, risky <laughs> Business, Weird Science. You get the idea. Yes, these movies all have a girl angle, but the bigger message is about the bond between friends, which is sometimes the strongest bond of all. Women will come and go, Spearsy, but your friends, your brothers, your amigos, your Sean Daly's will always be there. <laughs> My friends and I can't get enough of your show, guys. Keep up the great work. P.S. You and Sean now own 61% of my iPod. Born in the 70s, survived the 90s, but will always be stuck in the 80s. Sincerely, Top Jimmy, Sonoma County, California. I almost like that letter as much as the Joe Elliott interview. I, I'm, <gasps> I got a smile. Look at the smile yeah, on my face. Top, I, I like Top Jim because he gets his name from a Van Halen song. I just like it. He's, he spun us a really nice story there. It was extremely nice. Yeah. Well done, my friend. As always, we love the emails. And don't stop sending him and don't stop sucking up to Sean. And by all means, don't stop insulting him because mm -hmm. I get a kick out of that. That's true. As always, the email is stuckinnews at tampabay.com. <laughs> What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. It's the segment where we play a piece of a movie from the 80s. And MMM, baby. I love it. I named this. Yeah, you wish you did. This is almost as good as Q&A with SNS. It's not nearly as good. <laughs> uh, what are we giving away these days? We still have the little mini posters. We have Funyuns. Yeah. I don't, we, you know, Steve and I don't sit next to each other no, anymore. No, people don't know this yet. This For is... those of you who follow the show, Steve, I've been moved downstairs uh, to the important journalist area mm -hmm. <laughs> where it's like 89 degrees. I'm dying down there. It's so hot. I'm like, I'm sweating my, it took us off. But uh, it's very lonely. I'm getting tons of work done because I can't uh, screw with my boy Spears anymore. Yeah. But I have no idea what's coming into the uh, Stuckney's prize vault. Are you having somebody else sign pictures now? Uh, Colette, who sits behind me, she, you she, love she, Colette. she, she does a, a dead-on spot imitation of your signature. We did get a case of uh, root beer this week. From Marty Tripp? Yeah. Tripp's um, been like Facebooking me like crazy yeah. about that. Marty lives up near Milwaukee, I think, somewhere in Wisconsin. Somewhere in mm -hmm. Wisconsin. And uh, he, uh, we had sent him the rad T-shirt you know, from founditemclothing.com yeah. as a prize because he is the biggest rad fan of all stuck in the 80s fans. <laughs> he is. He says he watches it like once every six months. So, so I sent it to him. And in return, I got this box yesterday that's I'm, I'm literally the size of, you know, you're what you bring in for lunch every day. Yeah, ha, ha. But in it, four beautiful bottles, no, three beautiful bottles. One was for Persol. But he drank it. Yeah. But Marty drank it before he could send it. And... um is it delicious? Have you tried it yet? No, we're gonna say I'm gonna chill it. Ooh, you put it on ice. And then when Kathy Wass is back with us, we will each enjoy a frosty root beer and some. Bunions. I tried to incite some sort of friction between you and Marty because I told him that I, I have no idea what the root beer is about. Steve doesn't tell me anything. People believe that too. I know they did. He's like, "What? I'm gonna yell at Spearsy." Pay attention. Here was last week's mystery clip. You made a woman meow. Everybody. Got that that was uh, the great and late Bruno Kirby and when Harry met oh, Sally. I forgot that he we, we no longer have Bruno, do we? 
Yeah, it's been it's a tough a week. Great, great, and um, what's that movie with uh, Broderick? Oh, the freshman. Oh, so good. 1991, I think. But oh, can we grandfather that in? I really want to. I love that. That's um, one of those movies that, if whenever it's on cable, I watch the whole thing. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's just a really entertaining your Komodo movie. Komodo dragon. <laughs> Burt Marks. Yeah. Okay. okay. I know, I'm going to tell you right now. A lot of people got this right, and I and I wrote down as many names as I could. And um, but if if I somehow managed to forget you, please don't take it personally. But Sean Daly. Take a deep breath and start reading some names. Okay. The winners this week include Chris Bradford of Mount Airy, Maryland. Ooh, home of the Mount Airy Lodge, I believe. That's for my folks up in up north. Yeah. I love you, Mount Airy. Jay in Cincinnati. Dave Featherston in Australia. J.R. Shelby. Kimberly Endress. Jay Meyer. The man known only as Rowan. Paul Reese of Studio City, California. Corey in Salem, Oregon. Candace Halfacre. A-Rod in Ocala. Rick in Houston, Chad Ledoux, Carol Jansen. We should have Carol Jansen music. What would it be? I don't know. Waka waka wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Dr. Dim, Rebecca F. in Sacramento, California. Crash from Long Beach. Lisa in Hooks, Texas. I want to give a special shout out to Lisa in Hooks, Texas, because she sent me a very private, very nice Facebook message defending me uh, against uh, Finland. And saying, Sean, I love you, and who cares about Helsinki? You're my boy, and Texas loves you. Somebody told me that Finland was complacent with the Nazis during World War II. I don't know <laughs> if that's true, but I just like the <laughs> Maybe idea. Maybe that's something that we shouldn't broadcast until we're sure about the facts. <laughs> Andy Wankel in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Tom in Hoboken, New Jersey. Kirk Owen in Springdale, Arkansas. Lissy from Boston. Basil, as in <laughs> Razzle or Dazzle, in Crofton, Maryland, near Annapolis, not Silver Spring, and the great Tommy Doucette in Los Angeles. <sighs> I think I did good there. I'm pretty sure it's Basil. Nah. As in, as in Razel or Dazel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We actually have a bonus letter this week. Yes, we that do. That relates to uh, Mystery Movie Moment, and I put it in there just for you, because okay. you didn't read enough already, so go ahead. This is from Dr. Steve Incognito. Uh, I kind of like that. Um, Greetings, Steve and Sean slash Sean and Steve. See, that's how you play the game. Guys, I'm a longtime Stuck in the 80s blog reader, short-time podcast listener, and first-time writer. I love the podcast, but I have a very short commute, so I didn't have a good excuse to listen to many of them until I went on vacation recently. It was fantastic having two traveling companions who remind me of some of my best high school friends. I love the Seggies. He called them Seggies. Everyone's doing that now. Makes me feel warm inside. I love the Seggies, the interviews, the top five countdowns. You name it. Your repartee is great. And Sean's singing often leaves me in stitches. Yes. Again, thank you, Finland. Bunch of bastards. I even listened to the podcast about the last Starfighter even though I've never seen the movie. I grew up in a one-theater town in northern Michigan, and we rarely got any of the cool movies back in the 80s, so I'd be surprised if The Last Starfighter even played there. I love The Last Starfighter. Is, is there a cool quotient around that? It's not the coolest movie ever, Last Starfighter. No, it's, it's one of those um, guilty pleasures. <laughs> yes, let's, let's admit it. I swear those bastards held an American tale over on that single, single screen for an entire summer. In short... I'm an 80s movies moron, but I enjoyed that podcast anyway. However, oh, this is interesting. I host a weekly two-hour 80s music show called 80s Hades. 80s Hades. Catchy. 
on our local community radio station, WDBX 91.1 FM, here in Carbondale, Illinois. WDBX is online. I will stop plugging right here. I have a feeling that 80s Hades, the listenership, is about to skyrocket. Right. So 80s music is my bread and butter. But then the impossible happened. I actually got this week's mystery movie moment. When Harry met Sally. You are correct, sir. So here you go. I finally have an excuse to write my first Stuck in the 80s fanboy letter. Keep up the awesome work, and maybe I can score one of those signed mini posters one of these days. Firmly planted in the 80s, Dr. Steve Incognito. Great letter. Great letter. Great letter. 80s Hades. 80s Hades. WDBX 91.1 FM. Carbondale, Illinois. Where the hell is Carbondale? I, I, I have no I have no knowledge where, of the jack was, um, of geography. Wayne of and Garth, where were they from? Aurora. Aurora. I, Aurora that, was, that was like a suburb of Chicago, right? Or something. All right, like I'd that. like Dr. Steve to write back and tell us where Carbondale is. Is it close to Aurora or perhaps Rockford, Illinois? Right, the home of Cheap Trick. And what what else is Carbondale known for? That's what I want to know. What's their claim oh, to I fame? I thought you were actually quizzing no, me. No, like, no. You know, Tell us more. It's the home of I'm Nutty intrigued. Buddies or something I'm intrigued. Like that. I'm intrigued about the hometown of 80s Hades. Tell us more. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. But you know, nothing's more important <laughs> to a teenage boy than his grandparents. If you know it, email us at stuckinthesattampa.com because it will be my privilege next week to call you a wiener. Ah, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Hey, signature event here on the podcast, or at least it was until our next segment. Yes. Where I play a piece of a song from the 80s, and if you can get it right, those same Funyuns, um, the signed mini posters. I believe I still have maybe some ET trading cards. How can you not know that? God, I just... That's like the Ark of the Covenant. It Those is. things are... Give them to me if you're not going to use them. <laughs> you just want the gum. The gum is 30 years... <laughs> I will years... eat the gum on the show. It's oh. right 30 years old. I'll eat it on next week's show. Oh, man. You're going you're gonna to need to... Have a re- dentist ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Christ. Anyway, pay attention. Here was last week's mystery tune. That's Husker Du with Makes No Sense at All. Big fan of Husker Du, Sean? Uh, eh. My band actually covered this song. That's why I picked it. What was your band's name? Epic Trash. Yeah, I remember that. Just like you said. Did Epic. you have a stash when you were in Epic Trash? <gasps> yeah. Oh, did you have a stash of trash? Yeah, I did for the first year. And you know how ba- hard it is to, to carry off a uh, have you a ever... mustache as a punk rocker? You just can't <laughs> yeah, do it. That's true. You look like you're in a you love ever... boat or something. I probably asked you this before. Did you ever own a free mustache rides t-shirt? Oh, no. Or perhaps you... a belt buckle? You know, it'd be ironic now to have the free mustache ride T-shirt without the, the mustache. Without the mustache, <gasps> I want one of those. People would be confused. They'd be like, "What?" You know, what I'd like to have a stock of though. What's is, that? Uh, fake mustaches. <laughs> I love them. For some reason, I find them delightful. Are, aren't those the kind of kind of clip into your nostrils though? Wouldn't that no, just... that's no, no, no. I'm talking about a real good quality fake mustache. <laughs> you buy at Spencer Gifts with the adhesive on the back. 
<laughs> Why are you looking at me like I'm crazy? I love the fake mustache. Sometimes I just wear one out in the town. I'm serious. <laughs> top cap, too, or something? Jeez. I like to put on my tight Magnum P.I. Oh, shorts God. and my it's fake mustache. My balls just thinking about I it. I was sunbathing. Uh, only one person got this right. Dr. Dim got it because he's from uh, the hometown of Husker Du, Minneapolis. But uh, And he was just like, I know it's Husker Du, but I'm not sure what song. And, and he named off three of them, and one of them was Makes No Sense at All. Definitely a band that we don't talk about enough on Stuck in the 80s. Pay attention, though. Here's this week's mystery tune. A little bit more tricky, I think. But if you know it, email us at stuckinindies at tampabay.com. And once again, it's wiener time. Man, do I love the theme song to Please Please Tell Me Now. It's all right. As a placeholder, I'm waiting for somebody to come up with an awesome soundtrack to Q&A with S&S. Q-Q-Q-Q. Q&A. S&S-S. No? And like put some break beats on there. <laughs> Never seen you do that AKA before. With You're a regular human beatbox. Uh, AKA Q&A with SNS. So this is the segment where, as always, we've solicited reader questions. Right. And they're flooding in like crazy. They yeah. really are. And you, can, and you can send them to us via email. You can go to our Facebook pages. Sean's on there. S-E-A-N-D-A-L-Y. Thank you. What you. I hate when you're nice to me. Yeah, I'm actually. Uh, my Facebook is uh, skyrocketing. Yeah, it's my new favorite place to hang. I'm out. there. I'm there as uh, Steve Spears. There's yep. also a stuck in the '80s group. That's right. You can leave those questions anywhere. We will find them. And we found some. We found three great ones for this week. Are you oh, ready? God, there's a question. We're saving it for football season, and it's a question for it's you. It's not that I, good. Oh, I love it. It's not the answer. It's not so gonna be much that fun. because it's the most interesting thing about you. But let's get to this uh, week's questions. Yeah, please. This first one is from Brother Ron in Dallas. Are you ready? Go for it. I love Brother Ron. He supports me down there in the Lone Star State. Gentlemen, I was going back through my music collection this past weekend, CDs, cassettes, records, and I noticed that while I had two versions of many albums, for example, one version on CD, one on vinyl, or one version on cassette, another on CD, we get the, the gist, I had all three versions for just a very few. It got me thinking about something Sean had mentioned before, about having all three versions of a single album. So here's the question. What 80s albums do you guys have on vinyl, cassette, and CD? Good question. Oh, man. I know. I can even top that. Can I top that first? Nah, save the topping for the end. Really? All right. Okay. Uh, Asia Alpha, the second Asia album, Don't Cry... Smiles left oh, your eyes. Yeah, great album. Uh, I saw you stand hand in hand, Spears and Kathy was. Oh, okay. Kathy was actually at the lair last weekend. Uh, I don't want to hear. About no, 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 it. no. I don't want to hear. You know it's what? Not bad. That's going to make me really uncomfortable. It's nothing if bad. you guys hook up, no. and then I got to be in a small recording studio with you, and I have no one, and Stephanie Hayes doesn't even talk to me anymore. It was fun. She came over. You're with- Lefario. You're ruining my life. <laughs> No, she came. Did over you guys and... make out? No. Did you hold hands? No. Did you do one of your massages? No, it's a platonic massage. <laughs> and all of a sudden, meow. <laughs> <laughs> no. We, Damn it! She came over. It was James Spader Fest, and we watched uh, some Spader. AKA, Fest. let's do the mambo. <laughs> there was no. nothing. Nothing. It was fine. It was all above board. The Spears layer. Nothing bad ever happens at the Spears. Halfway layer. Halfway through tough turf, you put your wiener through the popcorn box. <laughs> Do you like it extra buttery? <laughs> oh, Steve. Puppies. I love puppies. <laughs> Damn it. 
<laughs> third wheel again. Okay, so what was the point? You had Asia oh, Alpha and, on uh, all three. And Purple Rain. I've had uh, Phil Collins, No Jacket Required, on cassette, CD, and vinyl. And the first Asia, which I'm surprised you don't have. I have it, but not on but all the three. first Asia, all three. However, I have owned Freeze Frame by the Jake Isles Band on 8-track album. CD and cassette. You know, I guess if we downloaded the uh, the whole album on iTunes, that would you could claim oh five. Oh God! Oh my! I'm trying to think. Nah, I don't think I can. Do no, it. I don't think I've done that. I don't double up that much on iTunes. Like I no. buy like new stuff. If I have to buy like one song for the podcast, I will. But no, I don't. This is a great question. Anyway, uh, maybe you can answer this next one from Jen Klein. Jen asks Steve. Back when Casey Kasem did his countdown, a man by the name of Shadow Stevens did the countdown while Casey was out. Do you know what happened to Shadow Stevens? Um, that is a great question. The only thing I know about Shadow Stevens is he spelled his name S H A D O E. Yeah, right? not not O W. Yeah. Um, according to uh, the web, um, Shadow Stevens, aka Terry Ingstad. Was um, he hosted American Top Forty on and off from '88 to '95, um, and he currently has an internationally syndicated radio show called Top of the World, and he also is the creator of Sammy Hagar's new rock oh, station, man. the Cabo Wabo Radio, which um, I guess is broadcasting worldwide from Cabo San Lucas. Man, and, I bet uh, Shadow Stevens is killing it down there in Cabo. Hell yeah. God, we got to go down there. Oh, Stuck in the 80s in Cabo? No, we got to find a new home for Stuck in the 80s when we go Why somewhere not really Mexico? awesome. Why not Mexico? Mexico. There's some things up here I should probably be running away from anyway. That's That should be our new t-shirts. Why not Mexico? Stuck in the 80s. Why not I'm Mexico? I'm writing that down. Why not Mexico? Why not Mexico? He's also um, the and voice then free of- free mustache rides, but with our face on there, and we're shorn. With, yeah, without mustaches. Why not Mexico? All right. And- um, <laughs> Shadow Stevens is also the uh, the voice of the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson on CBS. Oh, I didn't know. I that. never stay up that late, and um, he's also the voiceover for God in the uh, Broadway musical Alter Boys. God, you did your research. I just you come googled him. Jen Klein. All right, and finally, uh, we can both kind of answer this from Bjorn Basarak. Do either of you still have contact with Gina Vivanetto? And is there a possibility for a reunion show with Gina? I loved her insightful, knowledgeable comments and the attitude she showed you two brats. Nice. Gina was the co-host of Stuck in the 80s when it started, and I think she stayed on for 20 shows. You know, explain to us a little bit. How did, I don't even know this story. How did you guys – were you guys having lunch one day, you and Gina, no. and you said, hey, I love the 80s. Me too. Yeah, no. She had written And then you told her, hey, I give really good massages. No, <laughs> No, uh, I just love that sound effect. I know. Go ahead, tell me. Every tell me the story. Do. Come on, tell me the story. No. So what happened was I came up with the idea for Stuck in the Eighties, and Gina had like six months previously written a story in the St. Pete Times about her Eighties concert memories, and a lot of the concerts she went to growing up here in Tampa Bay were some of the same concerts I went to. Like we were both at Frankie Goes to Hollywood. We were both at U two. I think she went to Madonna. I didn't because you'll never catch me dead at a Madonna concert. But so her and I kind of forged, uh, you know. A, f- a friendship over the fact that we'd done all these things together. So when I came up with the idea for Stuck in the 80s, I went to her and said, you got to do it with me. I mean, you you were there. I mean, you you experienced the 80s the same way I did. And she's like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. And so the podcast came first? 
The podcast came before the blog. Wow. The blog was only meant to be sort of like, a, oh, you know, we brought up some question during the podcast. Here's the answer. It was never meant to be the other way around. And then it turned into an international phenomenon. Uh, that's probably pressing it. Uh, but well, uh, cool. no, Gina is on Facebook. Um, and we, we probably, I probably talked to her I saw once her, a week. I saw Gina at a No Doubt show. She was with my friend Curtis Ross, who's the the critic for the Tampa Tribune, and uh, she's doing great. She looks amazing. Oh, she's yeah. living in D.C. these days, and she still talks about uh, '80s. And she told me on Facebook occasionally, or at least maybe like once a month, she'll get somebody friending her saying, "I loved you on Stuck in yeah. the '80s. Please come back." So she still has a lot of Stuck in the '80s fans yeah. too. People friend uh, Kathy Wass on Facebook now for that. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. No, I I would love to do a reunion show with Gina. Um, she comes to town every few months or so. I don't know if she'd want to come in for it. We'd probably get her on the on the phone. Yeah, it's a little tricky, but uh, <laughs> I love Gina. I mean, she is just she's one of the funniest people I've ever met. Yeah. she's so fast. I remember when she left the show, we were really worried if it was going to continue or not. Yeah, we didn't think because then it was just you know we're like, will this sausage fest work? <laughs> and our sausages, you know, they blossomed. Do, do the sound. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Steve Spears, Sean Daly, and Kathy Wass. Uh, this is Blake Britton from all the way out in Denver, Colorado, calling to say that I'm stuck in the 80s. And to Sean Daly, baloney. And we're back, and we still have that Joe Elliott buzz going. Oh, man, it's the best show ever. I'm putting this entire show in, like, the top six. That's only because of the sound effect. Oh. <laughs> That's almost. That's a, the, the sound effect is becoming almost forlorn. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, you all right? Your massage feels funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this has been a great show, Joe Elliott. I really want to go to that show. I can't get you to commit to go to because you say you don't go to August shows. I'll go if you want. Are you want to go? I love that. I asked him about um, who who was the headliner. And he's like, Poison's our special guest. It's like, take that, Brett Michaels. Take off his hat. Has his nose even healed after he got clocked in the oh, face yeah, that's right. at the Tony Awards? Oh, oh, I'm sure he's just a big, bulbous nose. Man, but Def Leppard, yeah. And he's like, this is a guy who's like, you know, he does all the hits, you know? I mean, I love that, too. Like, in this day and age, you want to go to a concert. You want to have fun. He doesn't apologize about doing the hits. Yeah, but he, he also you says, know. you know, they play a healthy number of songs from New York. And songs from the Sparkle yeah, Lounge. he knows what people so, want. The guy's like a showman, you yeah. know? He, I think he says he, he gets the, mu- the mix just right. That it's not all nostalgia tour. That, you know, that they need to make a living, too. I mean, their new album is... There's nothing wrong with their new album. Yeah, you, I know you liked it. I liked it. You it's liked fun. It. And the, actually, go check... I'll, I'll let you borrow those reissues. I they're would love great. to they're see great. it. The live stuff is fantastic. It's, it's, it doesn't, it's really fun to go back to this day. I still love to see the video for Photograph. Right. Is that your favorite Def Leppard yeah. song? Is that the song you want to hear most of all when you see them live? You know, I know everybody loves Pour Some Sugar on Me. I mean, that is probably... Wouldn't you say that's their anthem now? I mean, like it or not. Yeah, it, but it's, it, it, it is. It probably shouldn't be, but it is. It you is. Know? And um, but I like Photograph, because to me, there's nothing says early 80s like Joe Elliott wearing that Union Jack t-shirt, which remember how big that was back then? I mean, everybody oh, yeah. had those. And when they toured on the Photograph tour... Uh, on the on the Pyromania tour, that was their concert shirt. That shirt was very popular, but you know what else is going to be popular? A T-shirt now? Why not Mexico? Why not Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what song I really want to hear is Hysteria. That's my favorite song by them. And then I'm hoping that when they play it, and I put my lighter in the air, that maybe you could give me a massage. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
there we go. In the meantime, that's all we got. We look forward to uh, hanging Mysterious out. Mysterious busy. Look forward to hanging out with any local fans that might show up at the Def Leppard show. In the meantime, Joe Elliott, Sean Effin Daly, <laughs> myself, we're all here stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for providing music for the credits. Read the blog at blogs.tampabay.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. <laughs>